Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Mobile devices are attractive hacking targets because they hold messages, call logs, and are tracking a person's location. Because of that, they're sought after targets for government spies. I'm speaking today with Brian Robeson, who's Chief Evangelist with BlackBerry Silence. Thank you for joining me, Brian. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. So Silence recently published a research report on state-sponsored malware for mobile devices. Can you tell me what are some of the trends that emerged and who is being targeted? Well, I think probably some of the trends that are emerging here are not necessarily new trends. I mean, some of these uh, campaigns that we've uncovered are have been running for uh, many years, even some of them almost a decade. I think that, you know, once everybody kind of felt comfortable that, you know, these uh, advanced threats were mainly trying to attack organizations and companies. I think one of the new uh, elements is that a lot of these people are actually going after us on a personal side as well. So, you know, whether it's, um, you know, political dissension groups and things like that, that don't agree with the government's policies, you know, or even, uh, you know, kind of tracking of cryptocurrency in some way to, to gain a, an edge, the the interesting kind of aspect is, um, you know, we we kind of expect governments to spy, you know, on one another, espionage campaigns, and we saw some of that in some of these uh, elements that we re, that we discovered. But you know, even the you know government spying on citizens and people is is kind of an interesting new trend I saw. Yes, absolutely, and the report suggests that mobile device security is about a decade behind. In what aspects do you think it needs improvement? Well, I, I think there's a couple of different elements here. Security being behind is mainly because we as humans treat our mobile devices differently than we do our desktops. And so I think the security being behind has a couple of different elements. One, you know, yes, there's a there's a technology gap essentially in defending mobile devices uh, versus your desktop. But I think more importantly, it's it's a human distinction between you know how cavalier we treat our mobile devices. It's it's very easy for us to hit an app store and install hundreds of applications, whether we really know or trust the vendor or not, and you know just to try it out or if it looks very interesting. And so you know we we treat our mobile devices almost like uh, kind of disposable components, I guess. And we're we're willing to take more risk, and that's exactly what a lot of these threat actors are preying on. They're preying on, you know, us as humans being so ingrained in whatever the value of this app is that we're simply willing to ignore some of the red flags that we have, kind of from our desktop training days. But even a lot of the red flags that are kind of brand new on a mobile device, like whether or not you're going to allow this you know, application to have access to your contact list or something like that. And I think that's kind of a big distinction here. And it's kind of why the security is not necessarily a decade behind, but we as humans are very behind in how we treat apps that we install on our mobile devices. We don't treat them with as much scrutiny as we do on our desktops. And, you know, beyond that, the research community itself just isn't really looking at mobile devices as a targeted platform. And I think that element is uh, definitely needing to be improved. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this report and hopefully kind of start a new trend for us. And in the report, BlackBerry looks at a lot of different APT groups. 
and it identified a new one in China, which it dubbed BBCY-TA2, which just really rolls off the tongue. What are that group's interests and how do they infect victims? Well, the interesting thing about that one is that this is really kind of one of these, you know, cross-platform campaigns, meaning it's targeting both Android and Windows. And it's it, this one goes back several years and it's actually currently being, you know, targeting. And again, this is one of these that are targeting, you know, political dissenting, you know, individuals inside of a country. And it's it's one of those interesting things where the app is distributed through, you know, app stores, um, and it, it's designed to mimic a popular peer-to-peer exchange, des, uh, you know, designed to convert bitcoins to cash, and you know, it's even regionally, you know, domain, you know, secured and things like that. Meaning they have, you know, kind of all the local bitcoins somewhere in their name, and you know, we've seen a sharp rise in cryptocurrency adoption uh, because it has a, you know, a way of maintaining its anonymity uh, and, and hiding from governments and things like that. And so it, um, it's an interesting thing that, um, you know, essentially protesters and their organizations would rely on it for, you know, operational security, anonymity, and, uh, you know, concerns over local currency instability. So, you know, even now with retailers being able to accept cryptocurrencies, you know, it's kind of becoming a de facto standard among these uh, political dissension groups to actually, you know, use to be paid. And cash is sometimes kind of hard to come by in the local currency. And that's what these, these tools like this offer. So, you know, as we see you know, these different mobile malware campaigns that are targeting individuals instead of doing things like designed to spy on, you know, a, a country's military leaders or something like that. We see a wide range of capabilities, including things like, you know, geolocation tracking, call monitoring, screen monitoring, even being able to enable or disable the microphone you know, these kind of things actually do happen. And this is some of the stuff that we found with TA2. And because mobile devices have so much rich data in them, that also poses a risk for enterprises because they could be an avenue to sensitive intellectual property or, or other data. What's your advice for enterprises deploying mobile devices on how to secure them, especially when people are traveling? Absolutely. I mean, you know, this is these mobile devices, I think, probably for the very first time in the human race, represent really the the perfect opportunity uh, for an attacker to get into the enterprise because these devices represent both our personal life and our business life. And you know, again, it, it, it's it's easier for me to attack you at home where you're not behind your enterprise defenses than it is for me to try to go after you, you know, when you're behind your, your enterprise level, uh, you know, security tools. So if I can attack your mobile device on the personal side, I can trick you into installing a dating app, or I can trick you into installing a, a graphics library that's going to make your gaming better, then I actually get access to everything on that device. And so I can take out both your private data as well as any corporate data that's on that device. Biggest benefit that we have is being able to keep business data inside of business applications, which are separately encrypted and separately secured 
So if for some reason something does happen to the device itself on the personal side, the business applications have a separate level of security around them. And that's really kind of the best bet because, you know, we really can't stop people from installing applications on mobile devices. That's not something that technically, you know, another app on the device can do. So it's really kind of up to the user. And if a user does install something malicious, at least with, you know, BlackBerry technology as example, we can keep the corporate day separate and secured. And do you see organizations issuing devices with restrictions on what can be downloaded um, if they don't have those separate barriers between the business and the personal side? That's probably one of the biggest negative, um, you know, things about when a company wants to kind of have allow their users to do business on their personal devices is that, you know, either the the technology chosen is going to provide the business the ability to restrict things on the personal device. And that will cause end user frustration because they just want to use the device as they normally would as a person. You end up then with having, you know, shadow IT kind of creep in again, where they're going to do workarounds to try to get around those restrictions or, you know, users are going to just, you know, simply force the company to say, okay, you're going to have to issue me, you know, a device that I'll carry around. And, and so they carry two devices. So when you have the situation where, you know, quote, managing the device really doesn't provide any actual level of security, it simply provides compliance with, you know, corporate policies. It doesn't let you separate work data from personal data, et cetera. And so, you know, you end up with, you know, where you're, you're actually kind of managing a personal device where the company now has access to that person's geolocation and other things like that. So the device management device restriction model meets a lot of uh, end user headache. And that's, you know, why, you know, parts of the BlackBerry solution are, the, are, are very, very attractive because it doesn't interfere with the personal side of the device. Great. Well, thank you very much for your insights, Brian. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Jeremy. It's my pleasure uh, being here. I've been speaking with Brian Robeson, who's Chief Evangelist with BlackBerry Silence. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.